and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film, we watched Whiplash, directed by Damien Chazelle, starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily considered a, uh, you know, quote unquote classic, but it's definitely one of our favorites. Um, and we've both seen this before. I think we wanted to watch this movie specifically so that we could sort of gush about it in a lot of ways. Cause it is, it's definitely a favorite of mine and I, I know you feel you know similarly Isaac. So, um, yeah, this isn't, you know, it's not necessarily for any particular reason other than we thought it would be fun and, um, it's good to revisit movies like this, especially ones that, um, well, I guess I'll talk about it later, but this movie definitely had an impact on me, I think, as a, a young sort of lover of, of film and filmmaking. So, um, yeah, I mean, Isaac, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm excited about this film. I, uh, it's my second time watching it. So I actually have some new thoughts on it, which is, mm. which is a little interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, this this month we don't necessarily have a set theme besides a little bit of retrospective. And this movie in particular, for me, was another one of those staples that I was like, ooh, like I want to watch artistic movies. I want to explore movies more. This movie stuck out to me in a way that was very unique. Um, I think the way that the score and the music plays along with it and really is like crucial to its setting. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this more, but like that really like drew me in as, as a, as a device in the film. And yeah, I, I think just with our last few conversations about like exploring the movies you've shown me when I had such a limited knowledge and me bringing up and choosing some of these movies to close out the month um, with like, films before this experiment began before this podcast that stuck out I, mm. I i think it's neat to rewatch some of these and be like wow like maybe i was right about these movies being like artistic or very very high quality and watching this one i um i think maybe my my experience watching other films has brought down my my love for this film just a little bit which is interesting um, and I don't know if my problems are necessarily because of my, um, like, absolute, you know, knowledge that has been given by you, Cameron, my my great teacher. Um, I, I just find that maybe some of the drama to be a little bit over the top in this movie. Um, but I'm, I want to get into it. But to answer your question, Cameron, yeah, I, I'm doing well. I've been thinking a lot about our guitar uh, stage example. Um, I'm playing a live gig. Uh, with my girlfriend who is a recording artist and they actually are telling me to bring an amp and not to use my little like simulator thing because their PA is too weak. So now my whole thing is just flipped upside down because I was like, man, I thought I was like serving the venue by not making so much noise. I'm like, no, we need more noise from you. I'm like, okay, mm. forget it. Uh, so I've been thinking about that a lot. <laughs> How about you, Cameron? How's, how's life with you? It's been good. Um, I took a little vacation this weekend. Um, I mean, I, I've been sort of telling you that I've been uh, doing a lot of weddings. I'm going to have like a, an insane uh, September. So, you know, it's going to be fun. But uh, I'm hoping to also sort of like start doing other things, uh, you know, to supplement along with wedding uh videography and trying to get involved in sort of like real estate and whatnot. So, um, it's been fun. I feel like I have a good sort of foothold and I'm, I'm trying to, 
Um, I don't know. I'm trying to, to, to work it out for myself. Um, and I think it's, it's been going well so far. I'm, I'm excited about sort of the, uh, potential, um, you know, coming up soon for me. So, um, other than that, I mean, I, I talked about how I watched Fargo, uh, or I started Fargo last week. Um, still continuing it. I, I think like I'm almost finished with, uh, season one. Uh, it's really, really good. Um, I, I love it so far. Um, yeah, very interesting and unique. Um, has a, has a very strange tone. Um, that's kind of cynical and playful uh and fun and very dark at the same time um and and it kind of is almost like a a uh, in a lot of ways like a fairy tale like a um an old school classic um you know dark like grimm's fairy tale or something like that like it has an an element that's a little bit like uh supernatural even um which i wasn't expecting that i think is uh it's very, it's very unique. It's got a un- such a unique tone. So, um, I've been liking that so far. I'll give you an update when I watch the whole thing, I guess. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. How about you? Yeah, I haven't been watching really much. I know I've seen the Fargo movie, which I was just blatantly confused by. I don't, I don't know what. I didn't really know what to think of it. Um, not to say that it was bad or anything. I was just like, this is so. I don't I don't understand the tone. So it, it kind of makes sense to me that the feeling would be a little bit off putting for the TV show, too. So that's that's kind of cool. But are, those are those two are related, right, Cameron? Uh, well, it's based off of the movie, but it doesn't really have a, any connection other than um, other than sort of the f- the first episode is very similar to to some of the events in the movie. And then um you know, the after that, it kind of derails itself from the the trajectory of where the movie went, um, and is kind of its own its own thing. So, got you, got you. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, yeah, I I haven't had any experience with the TV show. Actually, just thinking about it, I haven't watched a TV show in forever. Like, I just have not had any sort of time where I would rather watch film. Or play video games, so yeah, yep. mo- mo- TV is just not my thing. But I'm, I'm eventually I'll have to get into some sort of show. Oh, I'm I sure. do want to talk actually about one thing that has kind of dominated some of my time at the very least, um, which is uh, the video game Returnal. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I think it's so fun. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that briefly because it's, it's been, it's got its hooks into me, you know, uh, in a way that, um. Like I tried to go back to 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 playing like one of my other sort of throwaway uh, games, which is Modern Warfare's multiplayer mode. Um, sometimes I'll just pop in there um, and play a couple rounds. Um, and all I was thinking about was how I wanted to play Returnal instead. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a game that has sort of um, I don't know. It's it's captivated me for sure. So. Yeah, I've I've played a little bit of Returnal. It's cool. I know a lot of you film buffs are like, why are they talking about video games? But come on, guys. Hold on. <laughs> Motion pictures, like, what? They're not even 100 and, like, 40 years? Under 140 years old, right? Something like that? They're like, a, it's 
I mean, the first films were around the turn of the century, so right. just about 120 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if there were some in the 1800s, that's why I was like... There, there were a handful, but it was mostly like 1890 and up. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, you wouldn't really call those films, honestly, so... I just want to say, video games have been around for, what, under 40 years-ish, right? They were around the 80s, 70s, 70s early, so like 50 years about now. Um, Yeah, they're not quite considered art forms yet, right? But I think they're getting really close. I think Returnal is one of these games that will have a cult following, most definitely. It is psychological arcade, which is such a strange um, mixture, and it's meant to like plant this little like, seed of like dying over and over. it's kind of like if you've seen that movie live die repeat or something like that except you are kind of in control of that fate and it also is constantly changing and messing with you there's some incredible moments like the the horror is like off the charts with yeah you know really when, when you find that house it's like what is going on like it's so good so it's funny you mentioned live die repeat because that movie is not named that but it's commonly mistaken as live die repeat. i know and edge of tomorrow i know yeah, what it's kind of it's kind of hilarious i i think they actually did re-release it under live die repeat as like the dvd release or something yeah like, <laughs> well i think most people know so, that tom so cruise weird. film I mean, Edge of Tomorrow sounds like the most generic. It does. It does. Movie. It's a terrible name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live, Die, Repeat would have been a better title. So. Yeah, and I think they, uh, I think they learned that. <laughs> Anyways, this this podcast is not about video games. It is about movies. Welcome to Cinema Spectator. Of course, you can support us at Patreon.com/slash/ECFSProductions. Throw a couple dollars our way, get an exclusive episode or commentary track. We give you one bonus thing each month. Uh, just at the dollar level, you can have questions read on air and see a bunch of other benefits if you check us out there. If you don't have a few dollars to throw away, it's okay. You can just tell friends and family, give us a rating on iTunes. All that stuff helps the show grow. We appreciate you all. That was the fastest I could show for you. It's time to talk about Whiplash. Cameron, let's get into it. Do you have any background or anything like that? Yeah, well, this is sort of Damien Chazelle's, uh, who I would say is one of the greatest young directors working right now um he uh is 36 years old so that just gives you some context he's very young um to be a you know a a budding director and you know one that's making actually huge uh big budget movies now um and this was kind of the one that thrust him into the spotlight he actually did do um he did do a a feature before this which was called guy and madeline on a park bench um i actually haven't seen it i do have it on dvd though um back there somewhere but yeah um so but this was sort of his um his big uh breakout uh starring hit and actually it's funny because i watched this movie for the first time in la at the arc light with my brother um and it this was before it had any buzz um it was basically the first run of this movie which which almost you know so they they in with a lot of these smaller movies you know they get picked up at sundance or at you know film festivals and whatnot and they um they uh 
they release them in a limited run. So a uh, very small number of theaters uh, sort of to lower the cost of, of getting it into theaters and to maybe create some hype. And maybe if they can generate buzz through the award season, um, they can re-release it later uh, on in the year or, or the next year, uh, which is actually exactly what happened uh, to this movie. It, it started as sort of, um, you know, very, very tiny, uh, I think it was in like 150 theaters around the country. So very small. And I, I got to see it uh, when it first uh, r- released just by happenstance. I, we had never heard of this movie. Uh, you know, I kind of um, we kind of just walked in. We were like, oh, yeah, J.K. Simmons. Like, that's cool. Like, uh, you know, like Miles Tellers. And and we were really blown away by the fact that this was um this was so sort of well done and well made for, for someone who basically hadn't done anything before. Um, and yeah. And then through the, the course of the next couple of months, um, we heard a lot of the Oscar buzz and, uh, and it got nominated for, for best picture that year. Um, so I think it, I'm not sure if it won anything, uh, but it definitely, it definitely got, Oh yeah. It won, uh, for best sound mixing and for film editing. So it won two Oscars, which is honestly really impressive for like, a I don't know, I, I guess at that time he was probably like 30 years old, um, for like a 30 year old guy to, to have his movie, um, <laughs> you know, when, when a couple Oscars, like it's pretty impressive, pretty yeah. impressive. So, um, yeah, obviously after that he made La La Land, which was another huge success story. I, I also love that movie. I think it's really good. Um, but I think Whiplash is kind of his, um, I don't know. It's a more, it's a more straightforward and sort of excellently timed and excellently, uh, packaged movie in a lot of ways. Um, you know, not, not to compare the two necessarily, because I think La Land is, is definitely a spectacular, uh, feat, especially considering how it, you know, it's a big budget, uh, <laughs> it's a big budget musical set, set in LA that kind of took the world by storm in a lot of ways, uh, in the same way that this movie did. So, and then obviously after that, he made first man, which again, I love, uh, but got basically zero press, zero coverage. Nobody really liked that movie or cared. Um, I thought it was amazing and one of the best of that year. Uh, but you know, whatever, what do I know? So <laughs> what's a uh, first man about? Cause I've, I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So first man is about, um, Neil Armstrong, um, first man on the moon. So, um, yeah. So, it's kind of a it's a biopic obviously it's very uh centered around him and his family and sort of the drama around that um i just think it's it's really beautiful and well made um i i don't know i mean i understand why people didn't really care about it because it's not that it's um I mean, it's just a straightforward biopic, you know, like it's well, just... also some people just don't believe that happened, you know, they didn't even <laughs> yeah, make it to the moon. I, so what is I assume no, those kidding. people aren't like the, you know, the Hollywood movie critics. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, who knows? You know, they, they believe in some crazy things. So, you know, that's interesting. I didn't know very much about this director and I didn't even connect the fact that he did La La Land, which I just hate musicals, so I don't care. 
about La La Land. I don't want to watch it. I tried watching it and I didn't want to watch it in in watching it. It's so it's such a strange like as soon as they start dancing and singing for no reason in the street, I'm just like, what is this? You know, like I don't even <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Like it's 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 strange. I have no I guess no respect for the heart of theater because because really that that's just theater beginning to creep into film right beginning theater was always in film yeah from, i know from the very start i know but it's just like that what what you see in a i guess blockbuster film today is so far separated from what happens at a stage play right that just that ounce that that uh, that you know that underlying origin coming back i'm like disgusting i don't want anything to do with that <laughs> <laughs> I I very much disagree in the fact that I think there's there's definitely a place for musicals in film still, um, and obviously you know La La Land harkens back to the days of sort of the classic musical era, um, you know with the colors and sort of how vibrant it is and and also just how fun it you know it, it is generally. Um, I I I think you know obviously. It it's somewhat personal taste. Like if you if you don't like musicals, I'm not going to say you won't like it. But you know because I think Kiana, uh, my girlfriend, is a great example of this. She hates musicals, um, and she she doesn't watch them. Uh, but she loved La La Land um, because I think there's a certain amount of heart there. Um, and I I think I think it comes through whether or not you actually care or you know, are interested in musicals. So I would say I would recommend it um, for sure. Sure. To you. Yeah. But. I think, I think what drives me the most crazy about like musicals is when they start singing out of context. I think that that's what really <laughs> irks me. Like, you know, you watch the sound of music and it's like, Oh, she's singing to children. Like at least that kind of makes sense. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's like, because she's watching the kids, you know, they're, there, there, there. There's a reason that they're singing because you know all the despite all the terrible things happening around them, she's still trying to take care of the so, kids. So I forgot to mention this because this is a little bit off the rails, but I forgot to mention this. Um, uh, in w- when we were talking about what we watched this week, um, me and Juzo actually saw a movie called Annette, um, <laughs> which is a musical, um, starring Adam Driver. Uh, which you would absolutely despise. I think. I think you would hate this movie. <laughs> is that? I can't remember. Is I think uh, Tim actually, or one of our producers, uh, messaged me about that movie, and he was like, "Oh, it's like supposed to be a weird marriage story or something like that." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, it well, is. Yeah. That's it's, not making me want to watch it anymore. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I you know I was hoping actually that it would be good. Um, it's not, it's not very good. Mm. <laughs> it's, wow. uh, it's, yeah, it's a little bit, um, it's just dull and, and it's very long. It feels very long. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I wish there's, there's some things that it, that it gets right, that it hits on really well. Um, and actually it, it, it does play with the musical element, uh, in an sometimes interesting way, but for the most part, not good. I think you would actually like uh, convulse if you watched this movie. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't watch it, Tim. I'm just going to leave it right there. All right. <laughs> 
Tim always recommends me a bunch of stuff that I never end up watching. I feel bad, but at the same time, when it's a movie <laughs> like that, I don't feel it uh, so bad anymore. So you would, uh, yeah, you would hate it. You would, you'd think it's terrible. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're supposed to be talking about about Whiplash, uh, which yeah. I think one thing to start with this conversation is: is this movie considered a musical? Right? Like, I I don't know. Do musicals have to be people dancing and singing? Can it not be like? you know, in the context of instruments performing in some sort of way. Because I do think that so much of this film, or at least the highlight moments, the parts I remember the most from my first viewing and then watching it again the second viewing, are the musical performances. Mm-hmm. Like, those, yeah. are, those are the moments, uh, either the rehearsal space or the stage space, that are like, yeah, that sticks with me. I think what surprised me the most on my second viewing is how much I had forgotten about the rest of the drama and the character building around um, the student character. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think this movie is a musical um, only in that it 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 it's it centered around particular musical elements in, you know, in that they're 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 all all of the scenes are sort of geared towards getting you to that musical performance and it's it's central to the movie and you know in a lot of movies about sort of performance or uh you know something or that the dedication behind the performance you don't necessarily see the performance in its you know in its full length uh but in this movie you you basically do um it's it's sort of a showcase of um you know, the, the talent in a lot of ways. And obviously the editing goes along with that and, and kind of, and I would say, you know, while the characters don't necessarily dance or sing, I think the editing is actually doing a lot of the dancing that you would normally, you know, see in sort of a musical, um, you know, sort of, sort of highlighting, um, you know, instruments and highlighting different, uh, elements of, of people playing. And I, I don't know, I think it's, it's, obviously stretching a little bit the the definition of musical you it's not necessarily what you would think of as a musical um but music and um you know specifically jazz is is central to the movie um and there's there's not really you you can't take this you can't take the music out of this movie um it it just doesn't doesn't make sense so uh yeah I, i mean i would say i would say it's 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 maybe musical adjacent is a a good way to describe it. But one of the um, things to really consider when you're talking about the editing is, well, specifically in sound, one of the things I noticed in this movie is how quick they were able to capture the audio of a drum set, right? If it was even there, I don't even know how you would hit a drum set and not have audio, right? There's a lot of well-planned out moments switching between drumming audio and dialogue audio. Like, it's it's actually super impressive. Any scene that has a drum set that's being hit where a character talks, like, after it or before it, like, it's ridiculous, you know? And I'm sure a lot of it is clever cutting and pasting and placing, like, drum pieces that were recorded in a studio back into the film like it's just it's it's kind of unbelievable the amount of effort that is put into making sure the sound is correct only for you to barely notice it in the movie like i think that's what's even crazier right is that people like are convinced that um 
who is it? Miles Teller is actually playing the drums. He's not a drummer, you know? Like, so you could even well, argue that. He, well, so he, he was, um, he, he did, he, he actually played drums, uh, since he was like a teenager, I think. Uh, but he, ne- he never played like jazz or anything like that. So, uh, it, he was definitely new to the genre, uh, but he, and he had to learn a lot, obviously. But he he was a drummer, yeah. Um, and he was could, actually playing a lot of the drums. Yeah, and you could even argue though that some of it is like, like that is considered part of the dance, right? That is mm-hmm. the performance yeah. and the effort that he put in to making it convincing, right? When he's when he's playing it, because I don't know if he perfectly played those parts. Probably not, right? Um, but still. Like you never doubt that he's hitting the drums, right? So it's that that alone is is super impressive with this film. And I think that this is the kind if I'm gonna watch a musical, this is the kind of musical that draws me in. Where it's almost like you just cannot get enough of the music. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that is what's so awesome about this movie, right? Um and and I think the drama is adds adds so much um like engagement with those musical performances as well right you're you're constantly drawn into them so i don't know like i think you're right it's not a conventional musical obviously but i think that you someone could make a very strong argument that this is considered a musical yeah yeah definitely um yeah i mean one of the one of the interesting elements of this movie i think uh, you you mentioned sort of the drama um that that goes behind the um you know the characters um i think there's a lot to be said about um you know i you you kind of inferred or you kind of uh you know hinted that that you didn't like it necessarily um this time watching it around but I don't know. I think I think there's some interesting things that he does um, that make you kind of kind of question the side that the movie is taking, or the side that maybe Chazelle is taking. Um, and and I would say, in a lot of ways, I don't think this movie uh, could come out today in this sort of landscape that uh, you know that the film scene has. Um, and and part of the reason I say that is because I think. This movie is very ambiguous in whether or not it it actually agrees with J.K. Simmons or not, um, because at the end you could argue that this is a success story. You know, right? Uh, this is someone who who makes it, um, yeah, and who who sort of wills it into existence. Um, and I think actually a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, um, it's. Uh, it's kind of from Chazelle's own personal experience. Uh, you know, obviously, so one of the sort of quick trivia bits about this, uh, you know, one of the scenes in the movie, you know, Miles Teller gets into a car accident, um, sort of on the cusp of, of performing. Um, and Chazelle actually got into a a car accident while he was filming this movie. So, uh, you know, there were parallels with this movie. I think obviously probably that scene was, was written beforehand, but, but I think this movie in a lot of ways, I think he identifies with the Miles Teller character, Mm, um, as someone who, you know, is sort of striving to be a great creative and striving to be someone who, 
uh, you know, it makes it um, and sort of makes it by almost like brute force in a lot of ways um, because he did struggle to make this movie. Uh, he couldn't get funding for a long time. Um, this movie's script was sort of passed around uh, studios for a long time, um, was not really, you know, there was not really any biters. Um, and he actually made a short film version of this movie uh, to get support and to get uh, money uh at, at film festivals. And so he, he, he did do a lot of this sort of, um, heavy lifting with, with this movie, because I think you could tell he's, he's very passionate about, um, a lot of things, but he's, he's certainly passionate about film. Um, and I don't know. I think the fact that this is morally ambiguous, uh, it would would not fly very well today uh, mm. because I think I think the the message of this movie is like sometimes you do have to be broken, <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. you do have to 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 sacrifice to be great. And that's that's how it is. You know, like he's he's talking about the the reality of of certain things. Um and in a lot of ways, I think people are kind of uncomfortable with that and uncomfortable with a movie endorsing that uh, perspective. Yeah. Um, which I think if if this like imagine if this movie came out in 2021, there would be so many hit pieces on it. Um, I have no doubt that this would be this movie would be taken down um, just simply because it's a movie about um, striving to be successful. Um, and I don't know, it's interesting to see it. I mean, it wasn't made that long ago. Uh, it's six or seven years now. And th I think the perspective on this movie, well, uh, the perspective has stayed the same, you know, people still reference this, reference this movie and still like it. I think it would be a different story if it came out today. Um, I, you know, that's just my speculation, obviously, mm, but yeah, no, I think, I think that you're right. I think this movie's dramatic moments outside of the relationship between um, uh, Andrew and the instructor, what's his name, Fletcher, right? Andrew and Fletcher's relationship. Yeah. Those are the moments that I remembered the least. Like, I didn't even remember that he had a girlfriend interest, mm -hmm. right? I didn't even remember that... Uh, there was that that there's a really great scene, honestly, where they're sitting at the dinner table, right? And no yeah, one understands. I love that love yeah, that like scene. no one understands like um what Andrew's character is is trying to achieve and they almost like they really kind of bully him in that, but then he's like also super defensive, right? In it. And so it's like this very interesting combination of like like it's it's too real. That that moment is too real, right? Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. that scene, I was like, boy, I didn't even, I don't remember this scene, and it's it's hitting real real close, you know. Well, that or, was one that really stuck out to me the first time I watched it, as what elevated it from just being a good sort of fast, um, you know, fast paced fun movie to something that is actually trying to get at something a little bit more. Um, and it was the thing for me that I was like, oh, wow, like this movie is actually tr like doing a lot of really interesting, good drama in a small package where you get it, you know, like you, you don't need to have a that scene is probably, you know, I don't know, two or three minutes. You know, it's not that long. Um, 
and you don't need to have like a drawn out sort of conversation about what you know where people are yelling and you know whatever else like you get it you get that this is this that actually is probably what would happen you know yeah. what I mean? like that's probably what would um <laughs> like i don't know that's that's probably a thing that that would actually happen that way in real life like it's so it's it's a great reflection of like i think actually probably that that sequence is autobiographical. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure something like that happened to Chazelle that stuck with him. And that's why he, he put it in his movie. So I, I believe, like, I believe that, you know, everything in this movie is grounded with like a realism. And there are few moments in it that I kind of, kind of stuck out more to me in the second viewing that break that realism. And I don't think it really makes the movie worse by any means, but I discussed a few things with people afterwards and after watching it the second time and asked them kind of what they thought of the film. And one of the continuous like critiques that I've heard of this movie is Fletcher's character. Now I actually think that he's really well designed from like a writing perspective. And I feel like he can't, he has a little bit of realism about him because of the scene where he's playing in the jazz club, you know, like that, that scene really rounds out who he is. Right. Mm. Um, and I guess you could argue in the conversation afterwards, I would say, um, yeah, with Andrew. Yeah. And, and like he begins to be rounded out once like he shows the music of that, that trumpet player, right? You're like, okay, what, what, what's, what's about this guy, right? Um, but I think like there's a there's a level of cruelty that's almost like, un like just beyond unrealistic and and like super abusive, right? I'm not doubting that certain people are abusive and pushing other people to achieve stuff. Like I, I, I've, I have had coaches in the past when I've played sports that were just terrible to you in some ways. Right. He honestly acts more like a football coach than a music instructor in this movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't know, like it's, it was almost too much. The second viewing. I think that's really what it was for me. As I was like the first viewing, I was just taking it all in the second viewing. I was like, this is almost just like comical at some points, you know? And it's not that I wasn't fully convinced, but that seemed to be the one thing that continued to pop up in my mind when watching it. It didn't take away from the fact that the musical performances and the tension between, you know, Andrew and Fletcher was was awesome. It's just when he's throwing stuff and being like almost like it's 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 pretty ridiculous, you know, <laughs> at certain moments. Um, and so I think like when you're when you're looking at the film sort of in like in a way where it's like you're looking for meaning that's where Fletcher's character absurdity really begins to be forgiven I think mm -hmm. because he serves more as this driving abusive harsh force against someone trying to achieve greatness and and almost how important that force is right yeah uh in in being there but I think just from a when I talk to other people like I, I i'm i talked to a couple friends about this movie after watching it um they were like yeah like that that movie's really good 
what was the deal with that professor? Because that would have never happened, you know? Like, that would have, like, never happened today, you know? And I think people well, couldn't separate yeah, I mean, that sort yeah. of... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, I know. It's 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 dramatic. It's a movie, right? But people couldn't separate that unrealistic mm-hmm. action, even though it's serving to to like like prop up and explore the themes of the movie, right? Like that's really what his his character is doing. It's yeah, about yeah, Andrew, exactly. right? It's about Andrew and his journey. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there was a way that they could dial it back and have him still be that force and also it's just it's too funny to watch jk simmons just pop off it's too. amazing like, he, he's it's just so hel- <laughs> he's hilarious in it right like it's just too it's just out of control um it's like yeah i you think about like his role in spider-man just turned up to like 11 <laughs> you know like it's just it's it's pretty it's it's quite enjoyable i just i found that the second viewing i was like Okay, you know, like this is this is kind of out there. I don't know, Cameron. How many how many times have you seen this film? Do you think that- uh, this is? I think my third or fourth time seeing it. Um, I I'm not sure that I agree with that perspective of saying like, oh, it's he's too he's too aggressive. It's like, yeah, that's like the point. <laughs> like he's like obviously this isn't a story about like oh a band teacher who's like kind of mean, but you know is like no, it's about a band teacher who's really mean <laughs> and who's terrible to his students. Like yeah. that's that's the point. Like it's not. I don't know. Like that's that seems weird. To that's like a weird complaint to me. Like is it is it unrealistic? I don't, I don't know that it is necessarily like, um, like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's not that he's mean. I think it's that it's almost, I don't know. I I want to say like unrealistic. I, that, that's really like what, that's really what I'm like. But that's, that's what I was about to say was that like, uh, uh, unrealistic, um, I don't know, because I think. I think all of the things that that he d- like, I almost think that it's it's a little bit too realistic. Like we have a sidetrack of him, you know, being fired, you know, for abusing his students and to be, you know, you know what I mean? Like he has like there are consequences for him to be, um, you know, to be this this bad to his, right, to his right, students. Right. And the fact that he he explains his entire philosophy behind why he does this. Like his, his whole philosophy is you need to be broken to achieve greatness, basically. Like yeah. that's his entire motivating force. And not that obviously, you know, maybe specific things that he does. Like, I don't think you, obviously you'd never be allowed to slap your students. Right. Right. Um, but the, the specific things that he does, um, you know, you can, you could take or leave, but there is a philosophy in, I'm sure a lot of these places that is Fletcher's philosophy. Um, sure, sure. And, and so I don't think that's, that's unrealistic at all. Um, I think it's, I think it, it hits at something that is true and maybe amps it up a bit, um, you know, for dramatic purposes, obviously, but, but it, it hits at something that is, is, I think really, uh, if not, uh, it might not be accurate now. Like I'm sure lots of these, 
um, <laughs> lots of these departments and lots of these sort of, you know, high achieving things have, have probably been, um, taken down a level or, you know, become less extreme in, in some ways. But I think you're, I think actually you've hit on exactly what I mean is, um, you, you talked about how he's more of a football coach. Um, but like, that's, that's true of, of football coaches like that that does happen like they they act like drill sergeants um, yeah yeah. sometimes and so like so like whether or not like obviously you can take this i think this movie can be taken as sort of a metaphor for for any sort of high achieving um you know high achieving goal i guess um you can take it for football you can take it for um for you know, filmmaking with Chazelle, like you could take it in, in a bunch of different ways. It's not just about sort of being a jazz drummer. And that's why I think it's actually, um, so, uh, why I think people, people enjoy it and like it is because they can extrapolate it to, you know, whatever they're doing if they want to be sort of high achieving. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, so to me, like, I think you've, you've actually illustrated why it's not, it's not, unrealistic because like you know maybe a band leader doesn't do this but a, a football coach might yeah um, and a you know i i don't know like there 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 are things that that like this does happen um i have no doubt that this no this no happens. no i i i agree i think it's just i i don't know i think it was the mixture of like it would have made more sense in a football environment or in a, I don't know, like military or like workout thing. Like, you know, it was just like, it, it, it almost broke the, like it likes the suspension of disbelief is kind of, is kind of what I'm getting at. I enjoy it. I don't think it really is a good critique and I'll agree with you. I think it's like, that's not what the movie's about to be realistic. You know, that's not going to ruin the movie for me. I think, what it's saying is way is is infinitely more important, you know. Um, I just I found it that on the second viewing, it was almost like I was less forgiving of of that, and I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. It just was. It's kind of surprised me that I was like, "This is just funny," you know. Like I was like, "That's yeah. that's just yeah. breaking what what I'm supposed to be, you know, absorbing," you know. So yeah, no, I. I think that was the only really small complaint. I still think that this movie is fantastic. And I love that it's not too long, too. Like, it's yes. only like an hour yes, and exactly. 40, 47 minutes, and it says so much in that time. It does not waste any of your time. This movie, I I was watching it, and it's like, you start this film. Like, I started this film planning to watch it in two bits, and I sat through it because it just goes yeah. by so fast. You know, you're like, oh, like a two hour and 47 minute film could be could feel long and this movie does not feel long it's like you blink and an hour goes by and those are the best for me like yeah a hundred percent yeah no i totally agree like the the package is perfect yeah. um it's it's yeah not the uh not too long it it covers everything that you need to you know you need it to cover and it feels like you've been like you're satisfied by the end you know what i mean like it's it doesn't feel too short um it's it's the perfect amount of length and actually i think the the 
the pacing is really wonderful too. Um, you know, you, you have little scenes of, of drama interspersed with sort of the, the high, uh, intensity abuse of Fletcher, um, punctuated by certain other, you know, elements that, that come through. Like, yeah, I think it, I think it, it's really well, like it's nailed down in that way. Um, so. Well, let's talk about the ambiguity of the message of the film. Right. I, I'm i going to spoil the movie because it's what, like seven years old now, seven, eight years old now, which is crazy. Um, I can't even believe it. I saw it was 2014. I was like, was that long ago? I thought it was so much more recent than that. Nope. Um, yeah. 2014. So, yeah, it makes me feel old a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I saw this in high school. Yeah. This movie, obviously, it, it follows. Um, Fletcher, the band teacher, basically pushing Andrew, his student, to an abusive level uh, to become like a great drummer. And and it's and there's a ton of manipulation and it's hard to watch, I think, in, a, in some moments. But the 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 philosophy of the teacher. Right. And we've touched on this is that like you have to be pushed. Otherwise, you won't ever be great, you know. And what's crazy about the movie is that it seems like Andrew is never going to be enough for Fletcher until the very last scene, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where it's like something clicks and all that practice and blood and, you know, trial that Andrew's gone through, like Fletcher is finally like satisfied with his growth or excited about it, you know? Yeah. Um, in this, in this epic drumming performance right it's just such a cool musical piece as well and then the movie doesn't let you see anything else it just ends right so it's like you've suffered as an audience member through the pain to see the one second of reward and then it ends right Mm. um i think there is a boiling justice in the audience that says there's no way that that should be okay. There's no way that um, great achievement has to come at the cost of such heavy abuse and pain. Mm -hmm. But it's almost undeniable in the final scene that he's like achieved it. You know what I mean? Um, It, there's no luck in this film. Right. And I just think it's such a deep concept to, throw out there i think it is difficult i think what you're saying about the landscape today would have a hard time chewing on that cameron like what do you do you think it's just a great campfire question do you think that there is an undeniable truth about it (laughs) to i guess to kind of base your life around that is difficult but like this is this is going to get some deep philosophy i think you and i are both creatives so it's uh it's a difficult pill to swallow well i think i think there's a certain amount of truth in the fact that people who um obviously i think this movie takes things to to sort of an extreme and to the next level and it's trying to because it wants to make a point um but i think there there is a certain amount of truth in the fact that um you in order to be great at something you have to 
um, you have to sacrifice. Uh, and sometimes that means sacrificing things that you care about. Um, and, and I think, I think everybody knows this. Um, I think everybody feels it in their, in their gut. You know, everybody knows that, um, if you want to be the best of the best, um, there's, there's, it's a hard road. Not everybody can be the best of the best. Um, and frankly, not everybody wants to be the best of the best and that's okay. Like that's fine. But if you want to, then there's, there's, there's a sacrifice that comes along with that. Um, and I, I think anybody who says otherwise, um, is deluding themselves. Uh, so, so in some ways, I think Fletcher is right. Sort of. Um, I think Fletcher is when he, when he says, uh, you know, when, when Andrew talks about, uh, they're having that discussion, right. Where he sort of dives deep into his, his philosophy. And when he, when he said, when Andrew says, but is there a line, um, you know, are there, is there, you know, is there a time when you discourage people from being, um, from being the bird, you know? And, and Fletcher says, no, that person would never have been the bird anyways. Um, you know, he, he would have never been, uh, the greatest because he got discouraged. Um, and I think that that's actually true. I think there's, there's a certain amount of wisdom in that. Um, Obviously, I disagree with the methods used. Um, yeah, like I don't think anybody's denying that. But, but I think, I think actually most of the time, and this is where I disagree with Fletcher. Most of the time, it's not, um, it's not taught. It's not something that is bullied into someone. Um, it's usually self-motivated. Uh, like greatness, I think. Yeah, uh, it reminds me a lot of the Michael Jordan documentary. Did you watch that? No, it's really good. I would, I would highly recommend it. I don't care about basketball, um, and I'm recommending it to you, who also mm. probably doesn't care about basketball. So that's how you know that it's, it's really interesting and and good. But it reminds me a lot of Michael Jordan, actually, this story, because um, obviously, you know, he had coaches and whatever else, but Michael Jordan was his own Fletcher. Um, you know, he, he did it to himself and that's what made him, him great. Um, it wasn't because he, you know, he had someone yelling in, in his ear. Um, it was because he, he had, he, he had something in him that would never let him be second best. Um, and there's, there's, so in my mind, obviously, you know, Michael Jordan was the best. Um, but that's only because he got himself there. It wasn't because there was someone else sort of encouraging him on the sidelines. So that's where I think Fletcher is wrong. But I think he's right in that. In that, yeah, you do. There's the. It's it's not easy. Um, you can't. You know, you can't. Um, y you can't. You know, slack off if you're going to try to do that. Um, there's no way to to be great and and you know uh, to fake your way into being great i guess i think that this movie has a very 
linear relationship between greatness and I guess sort of the trials that push you mm. towards that. Yeah. Right. Um, I just, I also believe that there are so many factors in it. I think one, when, when I think about musicianship, right. Practice is so important. Right. And, yeah. and I think practice is important for a lot of different things, but in music, it's like you can actually get better if you just practice. Yes, but that 100%. doesn't that does not like delete the fact that some people just have a natural ability. I think one of the clearest examples is singing. Uh, some singers, like yes, they need to practice, but they almost could get away with never practicing, and it's basically unfair. <laughs> if <laughs> if you want to like yeah. like th- there's a level of luck with it where there are some singers like myself i've done singing where it's like i needed to take vocal lessons i needed to push myself and hear over and over again that you sound like garbage on stage right like that that sort of thing like you just have to do it because i wasn't naturally lucky you know like there was no i didn't have the the chance to get away with that but i know people that do and i also what also frustrates me is i know people that do have that ability and they don't sing at all and they don't care at all. And I've heard them sing for like some weird random thing and they're like flawless. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like that, th- there's so many other factors besides just, you know, wanting to be great and then the trials that bring you closer to that, even though it feels like they're bringing you down. There's, you know, there's luck, there's opportunity, there's connection, there's all this stuff that kind of goes into it i think of this person that i met that is so determined to make this film and i don't really want to say much more about it because i don't want to offend him or that he hears anything like this all right um but there's someone i know that is convinced that they're going to make like this documentary they've been going at it for about five years now i'm not very close with this person at a certain point i'm like you kind of need to throw in the towel if it's not working (laughs) You know, like I know that a lot of people are so anti quit, right? Um, My perspective is more like, how do you optimize your opportunity and your ability, right? That's just the economist in me speaking, because you're right. Not everyone is going to be great. Not everyone's going to be able to make it. Is there a way that you can figure out when the right time to quit is and when the right time to put lean in is, right? Instead of this like very narrow, like you are, you are not right. Like that's, it's, I don't know. Like I know I'm kind of rambling in in a bunch of different directions, but I think this movie is good for chewing on a big topic in a very like specific section of what it's talking about. There's also so much more to, to this conversation about like achieving greatness. I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, it's also subjective. Like, what is what is greatness achieved, you know? You can be the best at something and still feel terrible, you know? So what? You know? Like, so, I don't know. Like, I, does that kind of make sense what I'm saying, Cameron? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that's what I meant when, when I said, like, not everybody wants to do that. Like, of course not. Of course not everybody wants to do that. Um, because... And not that it's wrong. Like it's like you don't have to be the best. But I think I think for the most part, the people who are going to be the best are they're 
there's something it's almost like there's something wrong with them like there's no they can't they can't help themselves there's no way that they can do anything other than be great um makes me a little concerned like (laughs) we're talking about this director right it's like i don't know like i don't know you know (laughs) like i'm not so i don't know if i want to meet this guy i don't know if i want to i'm like the conversation that andrew has with that girlfriend right he's like i'm dumping you because i need to be the greatest and i can't I can't. Avoid, I'm like, boy, this is honestly like secondhand embarrassment watching this. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's just 100%. so bad. You know, um, yeah. so and when he yeah. calls her later, like so embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> oh so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, a hundred percent. Well, but that's that's kind of that's one of the things that I think the movie um, does well in that it, you know, in some ways that's that's ridiculous, right? Like in some ways that. Um, that idea that Andrew has that he needs to just he needs to just give her, give everything up, reject his own dad at the end, which he does. Um, he he rejects his own father at the end, um, and you know so this his idea that he just has to has to put everything into this um, is a little bit ridiculous. But at the same time, the movie says like no, like like there is he finds it. You know, he finds the success, yeah, whether or not, then, whether or not you, you, you know, you agree with, with what he's doing and what, you know, he, he does, he does find success at the end. There um, is a representation of his ability in drumming, but I think there's also an argument to be made that the end of the film is a almost continuation of abuse in some ways. Right. Because it's like, does he feel great because he's a great drummer or that he's finally meeting the standard of the abusive teacher, right? Mm. There's also that angle. You think about it, he's performing at like some mid-level, like not so interesting, like drumming event where he missed his opportunity at a great musician's event, right? They even go out of their way in the movie to say, the people here could get you your future positions at the bands that really matter and they never forget a face, you know, so it's almost like there's also this side of like, great, he performed and it was incredible. But then if you really step back, almost like where the dad's perspective is, right, where it's like my kid is rejecting me to play at this like mid-level drum. Thi- like, what yeah. the heck? You know, yeah. like there, there's also that angle of the movie. And I think this just goes to show that this movie is very special i think Mm. it's one that you you have to you have to see it's enjoyable to watch um just from you know jk simmons going crazy to like the the incredible big band jazz i think is just is that what it is big band jazz right Mm -hmm. i think so yeah it's really it's really awesome um the music in it is just i don't even like jazz in this movie (laughs) made me reconsider that like honestly, honestly, this this is the movie that made me reconsider it. So yeah, well, it, it's funny because I was in a jazz band when this movie came out, so it, it kind of connected to me in a in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, my band director was not as mean or cruel. Um, I really liked my band director a lot, but uh, uh, I actually told him because I was the first person to you know basically be able to see this movie, and so I told him I was like. 
after I had watched it, I was like, you have to watch this movie when it comes out. You, you just have to, like, I think you'll find it hilarious. Um, (laughs) and yeah. And so you love it, but, but I think it was one of the first examples of my sort of different parts of my brain coming together and like being, uh, fused in a way that I, I found so wonderful and enjoyable. Um, and I, I mentioned kind of briefly earlier, but it was a movie that, that I think was very influential on my thinking as a sort of, um, you, you know, budding filmmaker and, you know, ongoing film lover. It was one that kind of cemented that like, oh, I, I just love this. You know what I mean? Like, I just love movies in the way that it, they can make you feel and they can evoke this sort of, um, this amazing, I don't know. It's like the blend of music and, and visual and, and it just like evokes something in you. That's, that's almost indescribable. Um, and that's what I, that's what I, I loved, you know, like I, I, so it, it was one of the, it was a very early movie for me that, um, that was very influential. Um, you know, one that sort of came out of nowhere and and hit me with a lot of of different feelings. Um, no, I I agree. I think this movie was the same for me. We were both in high school at the time, and yeah. Um, obviously, like you went we went on to study more movies, but for me, this movie was like, oh, I want to see more films like this, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I think you got to see it. This over La La Land for sure. In my opinion, um, you haven't seen La La Land. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, like uh, what was it? Probably about like three fourths of the way, three quarters of the way through. Why didn't and you I just finish it? I just didn't want to. I was like, I'm done. I just can't watch it anymore. Anyways, um, ignore what he <laughs> says about La La Land. It's great as well. But uh, yeah, Whiplash, I think, is necessary viewing. Like uh, anybody can like this movie and enjoy it, too. Like it's it's one that and obviously, like, I think the ending being as ambiguous as it is, it leaves you feeling like, oh, I want to, like, talk about this or like I want to I want to discover what's underneath. I'm like, is there some truth here? Is there some truth into what Fletcher's saying or, um, you know, is he sort of being this this ultra abusive dictator basically for no reason you know like and so like there there's something there's something really engaging about that as well and and i think everyone can get on board and and have fun with it and also it's just enjoyable to watch like it's so fun watching fletcher yell at everybody like (laughs) when he kicks the kid out of the classroom yeah for for being out of tune and and he's like yeah just so you know it wasn't he it wasn't him (laughs) yeah it's it's ridiculous yeah i think the the climax of his his revenge towards andrew like at the end where they they pick a different song or something like that you know yeah uh yeah it's hard it's hard to watch yeah Yeah, he's such he's he's like i knew it was you that is that is a big moment brutal yeah um and then of course the not quite my tempo scene is awesome classic Um, how that keeps coming up throughout the film is really good yeah i think i think you gotta see it um 
there's obviously profanities in it <laughs> because it's <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's just yeah lots of profanity yeah there's no uh there's no there's no uh guardrails on jk simmons in this but, uh, <laughs> yeah. i don't know how much of it is improv either I've, I've always been curious like how much he came up or is it just a really sharp script uh no i think this i think the script was was pretty nailed down i think they cut actually they they cut different versions of his dialogue i'm sure um and and i'm sure i think i'm sure he probably worked some things out um you know and said certain things differently but yeah i think for the most part a lot of that a lot of the insults i think were were in the script for sure yeah they're brutal so, they're really yeah, it's, brutal it's <laughs> i think it's the second harsh. the second viewing because you already know it's coming right one of the things i picked up on is that like like Fletcher's character seems all friendly at first towards Andrew mm-hmm. so that he gets a bunch of information on him. He keeps bringing up the yeah, fact so that he his can mother left. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Right. And then like, you also see him using some of those insults towards the other kids too. You know, like he keeps bringing up other things about the, the kids attributes or whatever, like the gay drummer. He keeps saying terrible <laughs> things towards him. Right. Like there's just, it's like he has dirt on everyone and he's just going to keep throwing it in their face no matter what. So um, I'm just reading this here, but it looks like JK Simmons only improvised one line. So wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah still good delivery, you know, very good. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> well, Cameron, I don't really have too much else to say on this movie. I think it's uh pretty, it's just a fun one to talk about. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. You want to say anything else about it? No, I mean, it's just, it's spectacular. I think if everybody who watches this that I know has come away being like, wow, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was so much fun, such a good time. Um, And I think super approachable, especially as like an hour and 47 minute movie. um, It's one that I think everybody should see. Uh, Yeah. Unless you you don't like people swearing, then don't watch it. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. That's other true. other than that, uh, it's it's just it's just amazing. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, and and anybody, even if you don't like jazz, it'll make you reconsider that too. It's I, true. It did that to me. You can experience the same thing. You know, <laughs> I uh, do. You want to talk about any of the cinematography in it? Because I think it is it is a really well shot movie. I. For me, there's a shot that um, is like, I don't know, like there there's a shot where he's like standing outside like a concert hall or a theater or something. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but I was like, wow, this is like really stunning for mm-hmm. him to be outside at night with his like, you know, rehearsal. I think it's right before the first studio band rehearsal thing where they like win yeah and all that and he's like there and then he loses the sheet music like before he goes into that building there's an incredible shot it's a wide of him standing outside Um, yeah uh the cinematography was by sharon mir who actually did coach carter do you remember that movie with samuel jackson um yeah anyways uh yeah so i mean obviously he's kind of a he's he's definitely a working person in in hollywood so you know he it was it was shot i think it it was shot very well um and and it has this sort of um almost like like filmic look to it where things are very like very 
tungsten, very orange. Yeah. It's got this, this like, you know, warm lighting, warm key lighting look that I think is, um, it, I don't want to say it's unique necessarily, but it's very, um, engaging in a lot of those scenes, especially when, you know, they're in that dark, um, they're in the dark, like music band room, basically. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks so like dingy, you know, and it's awesome. It, it's awesome. It, it really, um, it, it pulls you in in a certain way. Um, well, the other and- thing is, is like tungsten lights are used a lot for stage performances. If you've ever been into like, they don't, they don't have like led concert lights. They have tungsten orange because they're usually the, the halls that they play at are usually like, you know, mixed with also live dramatic performances and also like that, like they're, they're designed for that sort of stuff. So yeah. I don't know. It's, I thought it kind of added to the stage element in some ways that it kept playing off that. And the use of light in scenes where he's practicing alone, there's no orange look. It's like white and almost like the scary starting room of PT, you know, like where <laughs> yeah. you're stuck in this like dark gray, uh, isolation right and i think that 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 contrasts with the with the other sections right yeah for sure um yeah no and and i i feel like um it's all oh what the one thing that i I was going to mention too is like there's a lot of sort of quick close-ups um one of the reasons why the i think the editing was uh you know, praised a lot specifically because, you know, it, it, it calls attention to itself a little bit. Um, you know, the sort of quick snappy cuts, um, you know, for, for the instruments, but those all look really good. And like, I, I think they, there's something like really detailed about, um, the way that, that they, that they're used. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, not too much else to say other than it looks great. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's good. I recommend this one for everyone. Uh, obviously, I, I I think it's it's great. Uh, I, I don't have much else to say, but if you haven't seen it, go watch it and talk to someone about it. I think it's it's a fun movie and it has that grassroots approach, um, even in in its in its existence and popularity. It's yeah. just cool. Well, all right, Cameron. I think I think that wraps it up. We have next week to record. Um, another episode. You, I, you want me to choose another film? Almost like the pre, the pre podcast films that meant something to me. Um, do you have another one that you're thinking of? The only other one I can think of is Drive, which is such a fun, uh, indie. I'm a, I'm a film lover movie. Now it almost has like a negative connotation at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, we I've can seen do drive. I think I've seen be fun. so many, so many memes about it. I think it's hilarious, honestly. Um, so we can well, do that. That, that. that might be a good one to revisit just specifically because it now has this like, Ooh, so artsy, uh, reputation, even right. though I think that it actually just is a great movie. Um, overall, but it it has this like you almost can't touch it uh in some ways yeah know? yeah it'll so. be it'll be interesting to revisit i was definitely like what a freshman in college when i saw i was like oh i know everything about movies now now <laughs> that i've seen this movie like this is like wow like i know so much yeah so it will be fun to revisit it let's plan on watching that one this week right. and then we'll get together to do a commentary track For i sure. have a special 
movie for Cameron. It is the absolute trash fire of a film. Uh, it, it For me, it is the complete opposite of artistic that it might even merge into artistic. I, I can't, I don't even know how to describe it, but I'm excited to watch it with you, Cameron. We'll plan out a date to do it. So All right. that's only for patrons. We'll announce it next week and it will be posted for you too. All right, guys. Thank you. We post every Monday. Sorry. The episode was late uh, this Monday, but we appreciate all your support. Again, check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS productions. If you want some of the, the cool benefits, we'll see you next Monday. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.